Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test this morning, Lord. Lord, I am glad to come into your presence this morning. I am glad to be here to magnify your name again. Lord, you are great, and you are greatly to be praised. Lord, you sit above the circles of the earth, scripture says. Lord, you uphold everything by the words of your power. You created not just the universe, but Lord, you created everything in them. And so, Father, we worship you this morning as the maker. We worship you this morning as the creator. Be glorified, precious Lord. Thank you because you are Alpha and Omega. Thank you, Lord, because you are Jehovah, yes. Lord, you are Jehovah, Sidkenu. Lord, you are Jehovah, Roy. You are Jehovah, Shama. We worship and give you all the glory, O God, in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we have come once again to read our Bibles and to learn in your presence. We ask again this morning, Lord, speak to us. Give us wisdom and understanding. Help us to apply the lessons in our Bibles. And let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue reading our Bibles. Yesterday we took on the book of James. Today we take on the book of First First Peter. Yes, we take First Peter today. If we can finish First Peter, that's fine. Okay, the goal is to get to the fifth chapter. If we can't, then we'll finish First Peter chapter five tomorrow and take on Second Peter. Okay. And then, of course, the day after First John, the day after that, Second John, Third John, and the Book of Jude, all in one day. And then we use the remaining days in the year to complete the Book of Revelations. And that's it. We finish reading the New Testament within three months. In January, as promised, I said we will be doing an harmonized study of um, of the Gospels. Okay, we'll be looking at the accounts each person has written down concerning uh, Jesus' life here on why he walked here on earth. Before we start, okay, I will do a little teaching on Bible interpretation, okay, so that we understand the, the possible variants we will see as we read. So turn your Bibles to First Peter, First Peter chapter 1. Uh, there is no disagreement that Peter wrote this book, but what I want you to pay attention is the level, the extent to which Peter has come to understand and preach the grace of God. Okay, I'm telling you, you could easily have said, you know, if you, they told you that Peter wrote the book of James, you wouldn't struggle, right? Yes, because he was the apostle 
the apostle to the Jews. He was the one sent to reach the Jewish people. Okay, but Peter called himself that. And then Paul says he was the apostle to the Gentile. But I'm telling you, as you read First Peter, you realize that it could easily have been written by Paul. This person has come, come a long, a long distance in their walk with God. First Peter chapter one, greetings from Peter. This letter from is from Peter, an apostle, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the province of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Okay, so that tells you the mode of this epistle is that it will be taken around. Okay, it wasn't intended, it wasn't addressed to any church, any particular church, or to any particular individual. It says, look, this is addressed to God's chosen people who are living in the province of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Since God the Father, verse 2, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. Wonderful. God chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Right? You know that that could easily have been Paul's signature. Okay? So this person has come to accept, accept the grace, the mercies, and the peace of God. But this is not Paul writing because the person introduces themselves as Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So let's read about the hope of eternal life. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. So Paul or Peter here has come to accept the fact Jesus is teaching, John chapter 3, that we can become born again. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that that happens. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, from the dead. Since now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. Through your faith, the importance of faith, it says through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see 
So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. So most, most scholars agree because he will mention it that this epistle was written when Peter was in Rome. So Peter himself, just like Paul, found his way to Rome. Okay, I write this during the peak period, uh, most likely when Nero and, and all the emperors around him during that period began to persecute Christians. Okay, he says, there is wonderful joy ahead. Despite the persecution, there is wonderful joy ahead. Remember, do not give up your faith. There is wonderful joy ahead. He says, there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Since though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Doing their own time. Eh? <laughs> Persecution meant you know who were those who were Christians or not. Because you know declaring and accepting that you were a Christian met meant that you were going to be persecuted. And so Peter says here, okay, see, you see that that faith that you hold on to stands you out. Stands you out. It says when your faith remains strong, it remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. It says you love him even though you have never seen him. And they saw Jesus, right? They saw Jesus, they walked with Jesus, but we have never seen Jesus before. And Peter is saying here that we are blessed for that. It says you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Go and read the book of John. Jesus said, look, it's fine, okay? You accept me, you believe in me because you've seen me, you've seen my miracles. Jesus said, blessed are those who will not see me. Ha just simply hear my words and then they believe. Jesus said, you are blessed. Verse 9, the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of God within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great, his, his, glo his great glory afterwards. Verse 12, they were, they were told that these messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now uh, this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit 
sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching, watching these things happen. Now, one of the ways you will be able to tell a difference was that see, when Paul is the one writing here, you would have seen that Paul would have been quoting, okay? Because he is well better studied, okay? You would have seen him quoting all the things that Peter has been talking about. He would have been connecting them because Peter is saying, look, the prophets were told about our time, okay? And Peter, Paul would have quoted the prophets, okay? So, again, that helps you remember Peter was a fisherman and that showed, okay? So, let's look at a call to holy living. So, prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old way of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, okay? But now that you know, don't slip back. Verse 15, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44 and 45. It says, and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him uh, during your time here as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, that God used to pay our ransom. 20. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Paul would have said, for the scripture says, the, Jesus is as the Lamb of God slain from the very foundation of the world. Okay? <laughs> so, but the writer here does not do that. Okay? So, these are the little, little, little differences that helps us know that no this and of course the writer does not say, claim that it was Paul remember Paul wrote wrote first before anyone See, God chose him as your ransom long ago before the world began but now in these last days he has been revealed for your sake through Christ you have come to trust through Christ you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God through, because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters love each other deeply with all your heart for you have been born again but not to a life that will quickly end 
your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scripture says, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the fields, the grass weeder, and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains, the word of the Lord remains forever. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6 to 8. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. Okay, so you see the solidness in which Peter is speaking because he walked with Jesus. And in the time after, as they began to preach the gospel, okay, they are better read, okay? They are better grounded in the teachings of the prophets. First Peter chapter 2 says, So get rid of all of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Crave it pure spiritual make. It says, cry out for this nourishment. Three, now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Next, he talks about living stones for God's house. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest through the mediation of Jesus, mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scripture says, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem. I am praying, placing a cornerstone. Other version says Zion, right? Chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him, anyone who trusts in him, will never be disgraced. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16. It says, yes, you would trust in him, recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected, yes, has now become the cornerstone. Jesus himself said this. Isaiah chapter, uh, sorry, Psalm chapter 118 verse 22. The stones the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And here is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 14. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you. He called you out of, of the darkness into His wonderful light. He says, You are royal, royal priests. You are holy nation. Each one of us is royalty. That's what Peter is saying. He says, We are God's very own possession. I don't know about you, but that is good news. If I am God's possession, if I belong to him, I am God's chosen. God's chosen people. Wow, what privilege. Verse 10 says, once you had no identity 
as a people. Now you are God's people. Remember that Peter is writing to Gentiles. So, uh, Peter is writing to Gentiles, not to the Jewish people. And the very words he uses you know, in telling them that you are royal priests, a holy nation, is the very words God had used for the nation of Israel. Okay? He says, once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercies, mercy, now you have received God's mercies. God's mercy, dear, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Since then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges, when he judges the world. Hallelujah. Next, we read about respecting people in authority. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect respect the king. He says you who are slaves must submit to your master. And Paul talks about this severally with all respect. Do what they tell you to do, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. For God is pleased when, conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. Of course, you do not you, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and, and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered. You don't know what God called you to do? Peter is saying, verse 21, for God called you to do good. Okay? You don't know the will of God? God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his, in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened, threat, nor threatened revenge when he when he suffered. He let his case, he left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Hallelujah. Once you were you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your soul. I have turned to my shepherd, the guardian of my soul, Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Alright, so Peter has advices for, for families, first to wives. Peter has a, a, a solid advice this morning. He says, in the same way, you wives accept the authority of your husband. 
Remember, he has just talked about Jesus willing to sacrifice and suffer for, for us. Okay? Um, and he says we should learn from him. Now, he's saying take from that lesson. Now apply it in your in your homes. For wives, he says, in the same way you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Says, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyle, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. Peter is not saying, don't concern yourself with wearing jewelry or, or don't wear jewelry at all. Don't wear, you know, don't make fancy hairstyle or beautiful clothes. That's not what Peter is saying. If you read it again, it says, don't concern yourself with that. In other words, don't be overly concerned with that. Don't be too focused just on that, that you miss out the other part where through your lives you could actually change here he's saying change your husband don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy esters expensive jewelry or beautiful clothes you should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious so precious to god this is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham and called him Master. You are our daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. Next, he has advice for husbands in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wives with understanding as you live together she may be weaker than you but she is your equal partner in god's gift of new life peter is married though peter says she is your equal partner in god's gifts of new life treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered Peter says one of the reasons why a lot of people's prayers are hindered is because of their family life, what's going on at home. So he says to husbands, treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Next advice to all Christians, finally all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insult when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. When someone hurts you, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessings. Again, you don't know the will of God. Peter says this is what God has called you to do. When people hurt you, do evil to you, repay them back with good. That is the will of God. Verse 10, for the scripture says, uh, If you want to enjoy, to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and his ears open to their prayers. But the Lord 
turns his face against those who do evil. Actually, the scripture says he resists those who do evil. Psalm 34, verse 12 to 16. Suffering for, for doing good. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. You must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. This is why we read our Bible. Because we must be ready and able to explain explain our hope our hope as believers. He says, but do this in, in a gentle and respect, respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants then, uh, than to suffer for doing right, doing wrong. Let me read that 17 again. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. So he went and preached to the spirits in prison, those who disobeyed God long ago when God patiently uh, when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing death from your body, death from your body, but as but as a response to, to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 22. Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and power, powers accept his authority. Hallelujah. Alright, let's move on to 1 Peter chapter 4, living for God. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer, be ready to do good. Peter is sharing what, see, what the will of God for Christians are. Be ready to suffer, be ready to suffer too, for if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have, fi- you have finished with sin. The reason why you are still dilly-dallying between this world, between the desires of this world, and whether you want to really live as a, a Christian, is because you are unwilling to stand for your faith. Verse 2 says, you won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires, but uh, you will be anxious to do the will of God. If you are really willing to suffer, you won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immoral, immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible, terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. 
so they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God, who stands ready to judge everyone, both living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. The end of the world is coming. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most importantly of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. This is the same Peter preaching that love covers a multitude, love covers a multitude of sin. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Remember I said all of us have been giving gifts. Say, do you have a gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, suffering for being a Christian, a Christian, don't be surprised at the fierce trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his sufferings, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you will bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious Spirit of God rest upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Do you read that? It is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? Wow. It says, and also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to, to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. I pray for you this morning. Put your trust in God because he will never fail us. Father, we say thank you. Thank you for the reading this morning. Lord, give us the courage to stand for our faith. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.